morning, afternoon, or evening for wherever you may be joining us from today. Welcome to the Life Church Podcast. Hallelujah. I can feel the presence of God in this place right now. Hallelujah. He's here to minister. He's here to touch. I I want His favor to go before me, behind me, around me. I I want His Spirit to be within me. I want Him to direct my steps. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. One more time. Just lift up our voices before Him right now. God, we thank You, Jesus. We praise You, Jesus. God, we thank you for your presence. We thank you for your favor. God, may it be upon each one of us, God. May it go before us, Jesus. God, all around us, God, let it lead us, I pray. God, we want your favor today, Jesus. We want your blessings, God. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. In the name of Jesus. God, God, we need you today. We need you today. Hallelujah. God, if there's anything we need, we need you in our lives. We need your presence, God. We need your help, Jesus. Uh, We need the help of the Holy Ghost right now. Yes, Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. Amen, amen. Praise God. Thank you to the worship team for leading us into worship. Thank you for the Life Kids team for helping our kids to learn a great lesson from the Word of God. Let's all stand together in His presence. I'm going to read the Word of God today. And I believe that God has got something for us in his word. As I took some time this week to pray over this and study this, I really felt that God was going to speak clearly today to all of us. And so I I pray that you have um, got yourself to the point to receive from God today. You know what? It's one thing for someone to speak and to preach, but there's another thing for our hearts to be open and ready to receive. And so I pray that God would make us ready to receive his word. Amen. We've been in this uh, series called Help. And uh, I I thought maybe this was going to be the final one, but I might have one more after this in the Help series. But today's going to be one that I think that you will be glad that you were here for. I know that those of you that are watching online, I want you to stay tuned and be a part of this. If you're upstairs, uh, lock in, even though you're in another location, lock in with the Word of God today because I believe that. Um, it's important, it's imperative that Life Church hear this word today. Amen? Uh, thank you to the team. Um, I, I want to um, get into something today that I believe is so critical for our church. It's so critical for every single one of us. Um, we've been talking about the Holy Spirit, we've been talking about the help of the Holy Ghost, and how, how much of a necessity it is in our lives um, this parable that I'm going to read from today, it, it, it's really kind of concerning to me. It really kind of has taken me back a little bit. 
and, uh, and I'm going to read this in your hearing. Um, we definitely need the help of the Holy Ghost in our lives. Amen. And in particular, I'm going to talk about the necessity for the Holy Ghost um, in being ready for the second coming of Jesus Christ. It's, it's, it's coming, church. And I'm going to talk about here today, Matthew 25, I'm going to read um, 13 verses, starting at verse 1. Matthew 25, starting at verse 1. I'm reading from the New King James Version. The Bible says, Then the kingdom of heaven shall be likened to ten virgins, who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Now five of them were wise, and five were foolish. Those who were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. Someone say, no oil. But the wise took oil, someone say took oil, in their vessels with their lamps. But while the bridegroom was delayed, they all slumbered and slept. Someone said they all slumbered. You know, we're living in a day, I believe the bridegroom is coming. There's coming a day that the Bible lets us know very clearly, we're going to talk about it today, that Jesus Christ is going to come back for his church, for his bride. But in this parable, it got to the point that all the five wise and the five foolish, they slumbered and slept. And at midnight, a cry was heard, behold, the bridegroom is coming, go out to meet him. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said to the wise, give us some of your oil for our lamps are going out. But the wise answered saying, no lest there should not be enough for us and you, but rather go to those who sell and buy for yourselves. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready went in with him into the wedding, and the door was shut. Afterward, the other virgins came also, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But the, he answered and said, Assuredly, I say to you, I do not know you. Watch Therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour in which the Son of Man is coming. I'm going to read verse 13 again. This is the word to the church today. Watch therefore. Someone say, watch therefore. For you know neither the day nor the hour in which the Son of Man is coming. I want you to pray for yourself today. Don't, don't pray for anybody else. I want you to pray for yourself that you would receive this word in Jesus' name. God, I pray today, God. Lord, I thank you for this word. I thank you for the power of this word. I thank you that your word is forever settled in heaven. I thank you, God, that we're going to be one day raptured and the church is going to be, God, taken to be with you forever. And God, today I'm praying that the word of God would speak to my heart. God, let conviction come into my heart today. God, I pray that you would speak clearly, God. We absolutely must have the power of your Spirit. We must have the oil of the Holy Ghost in our life, God, for that great event that's on the horizon. God, do a work today, God, as only you can do. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. God bless you as you're seated. We've talked over the last four weeks about the help of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost, and how we need that help. We can't live a victorious life without 
the help of the Holy Ghost. We can't change. Pastor Jonathan did a great job talking to us last week. There's not going to be any real change in our lives without the power of the Holy Ghost. Amen? I need the Holy Ghost to help me with my weaknesses. How many would say that's me too, Pastor Steve? We need the Holy Ghost to help us, to empower us, to live victorious over sin, to walk in the Spirit, so that we will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Amen? So we must have the power of the Spirit. Now today's parable that we read from Matthew 25, it's, it's one that it, it creates different emotions in me. It, it, it excites me on one hand and it concerns me on the other. Because there's some exciting things to think that, that Jesus is coming back. But this is a parable. This is a story that Jesus told. He, he, they say a parable is, you know, an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. This is a, an earthly story. He used some natural occasion, uh, natural circumstances to paint a picture and tell a spiritual truth. They say, as you study parables, that really every parable has one really principle or one great truth to convey. So we're going to try to figure out what the one great truth is in this parable today. Amen? Everybody ready to learn something? I want to know what the one important truth, the one great scriptural truth is from this parable in Matthew 25. I must understand it. Because as you read this story, there's some very grave consequences if we don't understand the truth in this parable. Okay? We're talking about heaven. We're talking about the second coming of Jesus Christ. You know what? When I was younger, and I'm not that old, I keep telling myself that. If Brother Mark Hannington was not working today, he'd, he'd give me that look because he's always teasing me about how old I am. I'm not old. I got a little bit of gray hair, a few aches and pains, but I, I, I'm trying to tell myself I'm not old. But in my younger days, it seemed like there was a whole lot of preaching about heaven. As I was a younger man, it seems like there was a whole lot more preaching about the coming of the Lord. And I don't know why, but it seems like preachers and churches have got away from that truth. They, they, they don't sing about it as often as they used to. In fact, I didn't bring it in here today, but I've got one of the old melodies of praise hymnals in my office, in the library, and, and there's like, as you flip through that songbook, there's all kinds of songs about heaven. There's all kinds of songs about Jesus coming back. I wrote a few of them down from, from that hymnal today. When we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing that will be. When we all see Jesus, we will sing and shout the victory. Amen? One of the great hymns of, of the past or from the days of my younger life. By and by when the morning comes, when all the saints of God are gathered home, we will tell the story of how we overcome and we'll understand it better 
by and by. Oh, I want to see him look upon his face, there to sing forever of his saving grace. On the streets of glory, let me lift my voice. Cares all past, home at last, never to rejoice. Ever. You guys are good. You guys, are, you guys have been a part of that part. Never to rejoice. Ever. Correct. Praise God. It's going to be a lot of rejoicing. Wait till you see me made over anew. I'll be walking with Jesus, all heaven to view. No sickness, no sorrow, no burdens to bear. Wait till you see me with Jesus up there. Soon and very soon, we are going to see the king. Hallelujah, hallelujah. We're going to see the king. No more dying there. We are going to see the king. Hallelujah, hallelujah. We're going to see the king. Just a couple more, just to remind you of how many songs were sung about that great and glorious place called heaven. In the city where the Lamb is the light, in that city where there cometh no night, I have a mansion over there, I'll be free from toil and care, and I'm going where the Lamb is the light. Hallelujah. Just a little while to stay here. You guys know that one? Some of you, are, you, guys, you guys know it. Yeah, in the path that's always straight. More of, no more of, yeah. In this low and sinful state, then we'll enter heaven's portals, breaking through the pearly gates. That's one I knew, but I didn't know it like some of you know it. You guys are, must be older than me. <laughs> These were the songs that were sung by my parents. These were the songs that were sung by my grandparents. Because they didn't have all these modern songs. They had the hymn book. And they knew those songs by number. They would say, we're going to sing number 213, and they would know what song that was. And, and, and what I'm trying to get across here today is there were so many songs that, that were about heaven. You see, my parents and my grandparents went through the Great Depression. There were times there was not much food on the table. And they were longing for a day. They were longing for a place. That they were believing what the Word said about heaven. And they were longing for that place. They were hungering for that place. They were going through some stuff. They didn't have much. But they were looking for that day. That they were going to walk on streets of gold. Hallelujah. Today heaven doesn't seem to have the same attraction as it had back then. Amen. Heaven doesn't seem to have the same appeal to Christians, because life is good. Why, why do we need a heaven when we're living fine down here? We have more now than we've ever had. Maybe we're a little too comfortable with life down here that we don't have the same pull of heaven that our parents and grandparents had. 
I, I wrote in the notes here, and maybe I shouldn't have wrote this, but I, I wrote, perhaps God needs to bring us some hard times. Perhaps God needs to bring us some tough times to turn the church and get us with a greater need and a greater desire for a place called heaven. I'm not asking God to bring us hard times. Trust me, I, I'm not wanting it personally. But, but I, I want a church that's, that's wanting to go to heaven. I want to be a pastor that has my eyes looking towards the sky, wanting to, to see my Savior. I, I want to have that great desire for a heavenly place. I don't want to get too comfortable down here that I don't have any desire or any longing or any um, need for a God in a heaven. Amen? Today we're, we're going to do a little talking about heaven. You know what? In the Word of God, the fact that the Bible spends so much time talking about the return of Jesus Christ, it, it makes it a very major theme in the Word of God. I don't know how many churches in Burlington today are talking about the return of Jesus Christ, but the, the Word tells us there's at least 318 unique times in the New Testament that the Bible says that Jesus is coming again. Someone say 318. That, that means one out of every 25 verses in the New Testament. It, it's proclaiming that Jesus is coming back. A few of them for you today on the screen. John chapter 14 and verse 3. He says, if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again. He's coming back. And I will receive you to myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. Acts chapter 1 and verse 10 says, and while they looked steadfastly toward heaven, as he went up, behold, two men stood by them with white apparel, who also said, men of Galilee, why do you stand gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus who was taken up from you into heaven will so come in like manner as you have seen him go into heaven. He is going to return. Jesus Christ is coming again. Revelation chapter 1 and verse 7 tells us, Behold, he is coming with clouds, and every eye will see him. They who pierced him. And the verse continues on. Titus chapter 2 and verse 13 tells us, We're looking for that blessed hope and glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Church, he's coming again. Revelation 22 and 7 says, Behold, this is Jesus speaking, Behold, I come quickly. Revelation 22 and verse 20, almost the last verse of the Bible, says, Surely I am coming quickly. Amen. Even so, come, Lord Jesus. This is a great truth in the Word of God, that Jesus, he didn't just live on this earth 2,000 plus years ago, do his thing. And No, he, he went away, and the Bible says he's coming back for the bride. He's coming back for his church. He's coming back for his people. And I want to be a church, and I want to be a pastor, and I want to be a man of God that's waiting and ready and anticipating and expecting and prepared for that great day. Amen? Now, I get excited when I think about heaven. There, there's some exciting things when you think about heaven. I, I, when I think about heaven, here's some of the things I get excited about. I get excited about all the things I get to leave behind. Amen? 
How many have some things that you want to leave behind? You want to be done with? here's, Here's my list. I want to be done with all the bills. No more bills. No more mortgage payment. No more aches and pains. No more stress and worry. No more job that's giving me frustrations. Now, my job's not giving me frustrations. I love all of you, and you love me. It's great. No more fear, no more sickness, no more loneliness, no more heartache, no more sorrows, no more tears, no more death. Hallelujah. No more devil, no more sin, no more uh, sinful flesh, no more terrorists, no more tragedies, no more coronavirus. Hallelujah. The Bible says that we, when he returns for that church, we shall all be changed. In the twinkling of an eye, we will be changed from mortality to immortality. I'm thankful when I think about heaven, there's a lot of stuff that I get to have no more dealings with. I don't have to worry about it ever again. I get to leave some things behind. Hallelujah. Are you excited about that as well? Praise God. I'm also excited about where I'm going. You know what? People think when you die, you just go and you get put in a tomb somewhere in the grave, in the ground. Maybe for a temporary period of time, your your carcass might end up there. But the Bible lets me know that if I'm a child of God, when he returns for the church, I'm going to go to a city whose builder and maker is God. I'm going to heaven where the lamb is the light, where I'm going to spend all of eternity. And the Bible lets us know about heaven, that he's got a mansion prepared for me. Amen? Heaven has the gates of pearl, the walls of jasper, the streets of gold. There's no more need for night or light because Jesus is the light. Hallelujah. The glory of the Lord is the light of that city. I'm excited about where I'm going. I mean, when people die in the faith, it's not, oh my, oh me, it's how terrible. I mean, we're, we're left behind. We're sad by that. But if they've lived for God and served God, they're going to a place where they'll never have to worry about anything ever again. It's a place called heaven. And I'll also be excited and, and about heaven is who I'm going to see when I get there. Amen? How many of some people on the other side that you're looking forward to seeing again? I've got a father on the other side. I've got my grandmother and my grandfather on, on my dad's side, my grandmother and my grandfather on my mom's side. I, I can't wait to see them again. I've got friends and loved ones that have gone on in faith, and I'm looking forward to that day. Brothers and sisters in Christ, precious saints of God, aunts and uncles. I, what a day that's going to be. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But you know, beyond all the family and all the friends and all the saints, I get to see Jesus. I get to see the one that went to a cross and died for me. I get to go and and throw my crown, the Bible says, at his feet because he's the one that gave his life and provided salvation to me. Are you thankful that you're going to see some some great things in heaven? You're going to get to see Jesus? Hallelujah. Now, Now, that's all exciting. That's all wonderful. But you know what life does to us? Life has the ability to get our mind and our focus off of heaven. 
When was the last time you really thought about heaven? Seriously, don't answer me. I'm just, it's a rhetorical question. When was the last time you really stopped and pondered heaven? Or the second coming of Jesus Christ? You know, life does life. It gets our focus off of what we should have our focus on. You know, I've got plans for the rest of 2020. Now, I pray 2020 turns out better than it started. I pray that things turn around, but you know what? Only God in heaven knows. But I've got plans for 2021. I'm hoping to take a trip somewhere. Amen? How many want to go somewhere? You you got plans. You got a vacation you want to take. Some of you might want the new job, the new car. You might want to get better education. We've all got those plans. and, And life, we get to focus on those. And sometimes they're all good things. But, but with all of our plans, sometimes we're not really anticipating what's really on the horizon. With all of the good stuff that we are, and I'm glad that we're a blessed people. I'm glad that we've got stuff. I'm glad that we've got education. I'm glad there's finances in the bank. But I think sometimes with all that stuff, there's not the urgency. There's not the longing. There's not the desire that we need to see Jesus, that Jesus is coming back for us. Is heaven really on our radar? Are we really living in such a way that we're expecting Jesus to return? You know, the Bible talks about the coming of the Lord, and I said 318 different times. But in one instance in the New Testament, or a couple of instances in the New Testament, it compares the coming of the Lord to a woman who's getting ready to have a baby. We got some babies around here. Um, We've had a couple of babies. They're no longer babies, but I I know what it's like when you're in that stage of life and you're expecting, you're waiting. The baby's room is ready. The suitcases are packed. The car seat is installed. the, The breathing techniques have been practiced. You know, the showers have been given. The gifts that you've received, they're they're all put in the right places. Every couple gets to a place in the pregnancy where where they they don't know the day. They don't know the hour. But one thing they know for sure, it's coming very soon. The Bible compares his coming like that. There's some signs. When you start seeing her walking like this, that's a good sign. It's close. There's back pain. There's things that, ladies, am I telling you the truth? There's things that begin to take place that that you are a believer in the imminent birth of your child. Now, imminent is not a word we use very often today, but imminent in the word of God, it's, it's like it could happen at any moment. This baby could come At any moment, we're ready. The baby's ready. The baby's in position. The signs are there. We don't know the day. We might not know the hour. We don't know the moment, but we know that that it's going to be sometime in this season. It's not going to be very far off. Now, sometimes they wait an extra couple of weeks, but it's still within that season. Amen? They watch for the signs because the signs, every sign indicates that the coming of that baby is so very close. The Bible says that's the way it is 
with the coming of the Lord. There are signs that are taking place. There are things that are happening on the world stage that when you look at the word of God, there's signs the Bible says that his coming is going to happen when these things begin to happen. I think too often that there's been so many signs, we start ignoring, putting our head in the same. I, I think that's what people do. You know, back in the 50s or the 40s or the 60s, you know, a lot of these things that the prophecies had not been fulfilled yet, but we're now seeing the prophecies coming to pass. We're now seeing where the word of God is coming to pass, and there's, there's, there's a signs happening. Amen? We're seeing that, that things are happening. There's wars, and there's famines, and there's earthquakes. There's false prophets. These are signs of the times. There's ungodliness. If we've ever seen a day where there's ungodliness, it's today. It's a sign that Jesus is getting ready to return. The Bible says that he was going to pour out his spirit upon all flesh. And we're seeing, I was on a, a Zoom call this weekend with many missionaries around the world, and they're saying that pretty much every place, every country in the world now, that the gospel has been preached and the, the Holy Ghost is being outpoured. We're, we are seeing that happen. We're in countries now that we were never in before. God is pouring out his spirit upon all flesh. The Bible says that one of the signs is peace and safety. When you hear peace and safety, take note. Well, just in the last few weeks, we saw three countries in the Middle East sign peace agree agreements with the nation of Israel. And, and if there's ever a sign about his getting ready to come, keep your eye on the nation of Israel. It, it, it's a key player in end time prophecy. The Bible says in the last days there's going to be pestilence. Well, I think we're dealing with some pestilence right now. Amen? This is not just in, in North America. This is not just in one part of the world. This is pestilence that's surrounding the entire globe. It's affecting pretty much every area, every corner, every nook, every cranny of this world called coronavirus, COVID-19. We can't ignore the signs around us. And I'm imploring Life Church today. We must live with expectation because the signs are letting me know that Jesus Christ is getting ready to return. The signs are there letting me know that the return, the imminent return of Jesus Christ could happen at any moment, at any hour of any day. I, I hope today, church, you're, you're hearing me. I hope today you're getting the word of God. I hope the word of God is speaking to you because Jesus Christ is getting ready to return. As you understand prophecy, as you understand the word of God, it's crystal clear that, that everything's lined up, that, the, the, that everything is in order for Jesus Christ to come back. Now this parable today that I read in your hearing, it's a wedding. He, Jesus used a, a natural circumstance. He used a, a first century Jewish wedding to teach us a great truth. Now in the Jewish culture, that there was the formal engagement that happens. Of course, we, we do that. Maybe it's not as formal these days, but they had a formal engagement. Then they would have the formal wedding ceremony that would happen at the bride's house. We do the religious ceremony that usually happens at the church. And, and then the, the, the groom would go and he'd prepare for the wedding feast. He'd prepare for the wedding 
banquet, the reception as we call it today. And he would come back and he would take the bride and take the bride to his home for the wedding banquet. So these 10 virgins we read about in, in Matthew chapter 25, the Bible says there were 10. They were all virgins. Someone said they were all virgins. They were all bridesmaids. They all had lamps. And these bridesmaids were, their role was to light the way with their lamps for the bridegroom. Now the Bible lets us know very clearly that five were wise and five were foolish. The wise ones, the Bible says they had oil in their lamps. The five foolish had no extra oil. That lets me know that the five wise were prepared. Someone say prepared. That they were ready. They were anticipating this great event. The five foolish, they weren't prepared. They didn't have the oil. You'd think if all they needed to have was some oil to light the pathway for the bridegroom, if that was their role, if that was their job, that they'd have oil, but they didn't. So the bridegroom went to get things ready for this marriage supper. Sounds a little similar to what is happening. Jesus says, I'm going to go, prepare a place for you, and I'm going to come again. I'm going to receive you to myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. It's, it's a parallel. It's a parable talking about what's going to happen in the future. So he went to get things ready. He was going to return for the bride. And the Bible says, but the bridegroom tarried. It was a little longer than expected. And so we read earlier that these bridesmaids, they slumbered and slept. But then there was a call that took place. There was a declaration that behold, the bridegroom cometh. Perhaps today, I am the one to declare and the one to, to declare to Life Church that behold, Jesus is getting ready to return. Perhaps I'm the one in this story that is to tell you today that there's coming a day in the not-do-distant future that Jesus is coming back. And we've got to be ready. We've got to be prepared. We've got to be watching. We've got to have our lamps full of oil. Hallelujah. Part of this parable that concerns me is that there were ten virgins. Five were prepared. Five were not. Five made it into the marriage. Five did not. That, that concerns me as a pastor. I'm not saying that this parable says that half of this church is not going to make it. I don't, I don't know that it's saying that. I'm just saying, I'm just giving you, he didn't say eight and two. He didn't say nine and one. The word of God in this parable said that five were wise and five were foolish. Now, I have no way of knowing if that means when he comes back, that those that, that think they're a part of the bridegroom, a bride, those that are bridesmaids, those that are waiting and anticipating. I don't know that it says that. I can't prove that. I'm just telling what the Word of God says. The most striking thing about this story is when you look at the bridesmaids, when you look at these virgins, 
They were so similar. The five foolish were just like the five wise in almost every way. Here's what the Bible says, and just I'm gonna just just bear with me for a second. I want you to get this point. The Bible says they were all virgins. Someone say they were all virgins. That means they were all pure, they were all living right. They were all invited to the banquet. They were all responded positively that they wanted to go to the wedding. They all wanted to see the bridegroom. They were all waiting for the bridegroom. They all had lamps with them. They all had had some oil in those lamps at some point. The key words there are at some point. They all fell asleep while waiting for the bridegroom. And they were all awakened at the midnight cry. You know, as you look at these five foolish bridesmaids, these five foolish virgins, the Bible doesn't call them sinners. The Bible doesn't say that they were living in gross immorality. They're they're really the only one critical difference between the five wise and the five foolish. One thing different is that five had oil and five did not. In the New Testament, oil represents the infilling of God's Spirit, the power of the Holy Ghost. That, that, that's the way it's, it's described many times in the New Testament. It's the infilling of God's Spirit. We, I, I'm declaring here today that it, it is imperative that we as children of God, that we have the Spirit of God living inside of us. I pray today that we have the Holy Ghost and that we're full of the Holy Ghost. Because in this instance, in this parable, their lack of oil, it costs them the entrance into the marriage you say, Pastor Steve, you're, 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 you're scaring me today. I, I pray I am. I pray that the word of God speaks clearly today. Paul, of course, we talked about it a few weeks ago. Paul admonished the church at Ephesus. He said, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Be full of the Holy Ghost. Don't let the Holy Ghost leak out. Don't let an experience with God, and many of us have had that great experience with God, sometimes in an altar, sometimes by a bedside, where the Spirit of God comes in, and we feel the power, we feel the presence, we feel the glory of Almighty God, and we feel like, God, I'm so thankful that I'm full of the Holy Ghost. How many are grateful for those experiences that you've had where God just fills you up and the presence of God is so real in your life? I thank God for the fullness. But I want to let you know it's easy to let a week or two or three or four or a month or two or a year or two go by and eventually you look at yourself and you say, man, I don't feel God anymore. I don't have that same sense of his presence like I did back then. 
I'm challenging you today. We must make sure that we don't let the oil of his presence get away from our lives. We can't let it leak out of our lives. We must not let it get low. We must make sure that we're full of his spirit, especially as we see where we're at on God's time clock. Hallelujah. We must be full of the Holy Ghost. Well, what does that mean? It's, it means that we're under the influence of, we're controlled by, we're affected by, we're inspired by, we're led by the power of His Spirit. I, I mentioned a few weeks ago the key to living for God is living full of His Spirit. That's the only way to live, is to be full of the Holy Ghost. My question to you, Life Church, today are you living full of His Spirit? That's my question. Are you living full of his spirit? I'm not talking about a one-time experience that you had, you know, six months ago, eight years ago, 25. I'm not talking about that. I'm saying there needs to be a, a continual flow of the Holy Ghost in your life. Amen? There's got to be a fresh wind. There's got to be a fresh fire. There's got to be that renewed relationship with Almighty God. Hallelujah. I, I'm praying today, and I've prayed over this, that God's word would convict us today, that God's word would get a hold of us today, that would cause us to say, Pastor Steve, I've not, and I'll admit, I've not always been full like I need to be. You say, well, you're the pastor. That's true. But I, I need so desperately to be full of the Holy Ghost. I cannot do it in my own strength. I cannot do it in my own power. I must have the Shekinah glory of his presence to fill my life, to, to change me, to help me. I need the help of the Holy Ghost. Today, I pray that God's word does a work in us that gives us a desire, a hunger, that God, I must have a fresh touch of your presence. God, I must have a renewing of the Holy Ghost. God, I can't get away from it. I got to have that connection with you, God. It's so vitally important. Hallelujah. Because Jesus, the bridegroom, I don't know when it's going to happen. We don't know the day. We don't know the hour. The Bible says we're not going to know it, but it says we're going to know the season. As you begin to look at what's happening on our, the, the time clock in history, we might not know exactly, but we have an anticipation. There's something that stir, should stir our soul that says Jesus Christ could come at any moment. This parable gives us one simple warning. And this is the, the thing that I think we need to get in our spirits right now. It says in Matthew 25 and verse 13, first two words, watch therefore. If you get anything out of this message today, if anything stirs your heart today, I, I want you to make it a, put a reminder in your phone. Do something that shows up every single day that says watch therefore. Today could be the day. Today could be the day that Jesus Christ returns. And if you have that on the forefront of your brain, you're going to live differently. If you, if you have that on the forefront of your mind, you're not going to do some things that you would normally do. But if you're knowing that, that the day might be today, the hour might be this hour that Jesus Christ is coming back, it's going to cause you to, to constantly have that desire that we're going to be full of his spirit. Hallelujah. A great portion of scripture, Paul writing to the church at Thessalonica, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 and verse 15. A great, it's read many times at funerals. Here's what it says. It says, for the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout. With the trump, voice of the archangel, with the trumpet of God. And the dead in Christ will rise first. 
Then we which are alive and remain will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And thus we will always be with the Lord. Therefore, comfort one another with these words. When you, when you hear those words that Jesus Christ is getting ready to come, that there's going to be a shout, there's going to be the voice of the archangels, there's going to be a trumpet of God, the, the dead in Christ are going to rise, and those that are alive and remain will be caught up. D does that comfort you? Or does it cause a little bit of nervousness in your spirit? Paul said, therefore comfort one another with these words. If, if there's a little bit of nervousness that happens, I've got good news for you today. There's still time to get things right with Jesus Christ. Chapter 5, verse 1 says, But concerning the times and the seasons, brethren, you have no need that I should write to you. For you yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so comes as a thief in the night. You know what? Thieves, don't, they don't tell you ahead of time when they're going to break in and, and take things from you. They, they don't announce it on your social media page and, and post it in your, you know, your front door. We're going to break in at 3 o'clock in the morning on, on Tuesday night. They don't, they don't tell you that. Thieves just come. He says that right here, this verse lets me know. You yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so comes as a thief in the night. For when they say peace and safety, then sudden destruction comes upon them. As labor pains upon a pregnant woman, and they shall not escape. But you, brethren, here, here's where the hope comes in. You are not in darkness, so that this day should overtake you as a thief. Because you are the sons of light and the sons of the day, and we are not of the night nor of darkness. Therefore, let us not sleep. Someone say, don't sleep. As others do, but let us watch. Again, we're hearing the word watch. And be sober. This is a warning for us today. I don't normally preach like this. But I, I'm challenging us as a church. We must take this word of God seriously. We must make sure that we individually, you can't prepare yourself for someone else. We found that out with the five foolish virgins. We got to only prepare ourselves for this great important event on history's horizon. There's going to be a rapture of the church. There's going to be a coming of Jesus Christ for his church. And like the foolish tried to, to get in on somebody else's oil. You can't get in on somebody else's oil. You must have oil for yourself. We must be full of God's spirit for ourselves. Verse 10 is the, the verse that kind of concerns me a little bit as I Read this, it's so final. Verse 10, the last few verses, the words of that verse says, and the door was shut. The last few verses. There's a finality here that, that we can't miss this event. There's not like a second chance here. There's no do-overs here. There's a one-time chance You might think, Pastor Steve is trying to scare me today. I, I honestly and truly, I'm not trying to scare you. I'm trying to warn you. I'm trying to be the, the, the watchman on the, 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 the 
wall that would sound a clear sound, sound the alarm that we need to get ourselves ready, that we must get our house in order, that if our tank of oil is, is getting down, that we must keep it full. Hallelujah. We, we can't run on empty and, and, and make this thing work. You're, you're not going to make it work on empty. We must have the fullness of the Spirit. But the good news is that if you're on empty today, the door has not shut yet. If you're not ready for Jesus to come back today, I thank you, thank God that there's still grace and thank Him that there's still mercy, that there's still time to get things right. God wants to do something in someone's heart today. Church, I want you to begin to pray. I want you to begin to pray right now that God would get a hold of your heart. I want you to pray. I'm not praying. Don't pray for anybody else right now. I want you to pray for you. I want this warning and this clarion call to get a hold of your heart. I want you to examine your heart and make sure that things are right for you today. If you've never received the gift of the Holy Ghost, God wants to fill you today. If it's been a while since God's done a work in your life, God wants to do that work in your life today. Hallelujah. I want to ask Pastor Jonathan to come back here, give us a little bit of music, but I, I, we're going to take a moment and pray today. In fact, you're, you're fine if you want to pray by just getting down by the pew, getting down in the pew, by leaning over the chair in front of you. Go, go ahead and do that. We're, we don't even have to stand right now. I, just, I, I want the Word of God to speak clearly. I just pray today that, that we're checking where we're at with God at this critical time of God's time clock. There's no time to play games. There's no time to, to just pass it off as, oh, that's just another message by the pastor. But this is the word of God today. And we need to be ready. Hallelujah. Thank you for joining us today. We pray this message spoke into your life, your heart, or whatever situation you may be going through. If you'd like to follow us on social media, you can find us at lifechurch.ca on Instagram. And on Facebook, just search Life Church and you will find our navy blue logo with the letters LC in the middle. Now before you go, we ask if possible from whatever platform you may be listening to us on, give us a rating or a review or even both. And share this message with someone so that they can be impacted by the gospel of the love of Jesus Christ. We thank you for your support and love you all. Have a wonderful week and God bless.